weren't on the stage before. Yes. I was actually on stage last week. Concert. You were? I had a concert last week. Oh, well, I'm ready. Absolutely. All right. This. Good morning. Before we begin worshiping, we want to welcome all the youth and kids down to the front to worship with us this morning. We also want to make sure to let the parents know to feel free to let your children dance in the aisles. We have some fun actions for this first song. Don't be afraid to join us. Would you stand and worship with us? Sun. 
You may have noticed that the worship team looks a bit different this morning. Some may say younger and maybe better looking. I'm not going to disagree with you there, Alec. I was actually going to mention that if everybody wants taller, more seasoned musicians back, they should really up their giving. We are the bargain team. No, but in all seriousness, we are the middle school worship team, and we are so excited to lead you in worship this morning. Please feel free to worship and have fun with us. It is such a blessing to be part of a church that encourages people of all ages to serve and use their gifts. Would you join me in prayer? Dear God, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. We are very grateful. Be with us this morning as we continue to worship you. Amen. Hey! 
about the introduction, right? There we go. Good morning. My name is George. Hey, I hope you guys are doing really well. Thank you, Tyler. So we're starting a new sermon series, uh, Serve Right Where You Are, and I'm really excited that uh, it's also Youth Sunday. There's nobody I would rather roll with than you guys. Thank you for worship. Thank you for uh, bringing us to the throne. Um, Thank you, Rob. This will all be explained a little bit, okay? This isn't random. So, I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me, okay? As we read the Holy Word of God. This is Jesus Christ from uh, Mark chapter 12. The most important one, the most important commandment is this, answered Jesus. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we don't want to hold anything back. We want you to have every part of us. So I pray this morning for humility. I pray this morning for a quiet heart, and I pray uh, for unity. We love you. Um, We want all of you. And we want to love our neighbors. It's in your name, amen. Please be seated. So in this greatest commandment, God tells us, Jesus tells us to love God with everything we got, don't hold back, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And as we enter into this new sermon series, Serve Right Where You Are, we're going to talk about some amazing, really cool opportunities that we as a church corporately are going to go out and serve our community through May and June. And we'll be talking about those in the weeks uh, to come. The greatest commandment. It's simple. It's direct. And I think there are two truths here. We can all do it. We can all love God with everything we got. Don't hold back. And we can love our neighbors as ourselves. I think the second truth is that we don't do it. And I think it's... Only being honest to stand here this morning and say we do not hold up the greatest commandments every day. We hold back. We don't give God everything we have. And we do not love our neighbors as ourselves. I do that. I get tired. I get inward focused. I get selfish. I start to think about me. How can I make me better? And so I was thinking about this sermon series, Serve Right Where You Are. And thinking about youth And what we can learn from the youth, I started to think about, okay, there have been times where I've had glimpses where I have been just full of compassion, full of mercy, full of a giving spirit. What has led up to those times? Today is Youth Sunday, and I want to learn from our youth because they serve with all heart. That's what I want. That's what I'm calling us to this morning. Let's all be young at heart this morning. Let's remember 
joy this morning. I'm going to explain this thing right here because I know you guys are all wondering what that is. Serve Day last year we did on June 3rd. This year we're going to do it on uh, June 2nd. And we're going to meet as a congregation at 8.30. We're going to have a commissioning and a worship service. And then there's going to be lots of opportunity to go out and serve our community. And that will be coming up. And last year we wore these orange t-shirts, right? And we picked orange because orange pretty much goes with every skin tone, every complexion. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. We're not going to do t-shirts this year. But we still would like you to wear your t-shirts because it's important that the community sees that we're YZM. and we're serving together. It matters. So I'm going to ask you to wear your t-shirts from last year, okay? And I know that they're all faded color because you wear them pretty much every day, yeah? So it doesn't matter. If you're new and do not have a t-shirt, starting next week, we're going to have tables in the back. There's going to be an information table explaining everything about Serve Day, and there'll be a chance to register. And if you do not have a t-shirt, you can get a t-shirt. So in the spirit of being young at heart, Talking about serve day and having these t-shirts, I called my good friend uh, Rob this last week on Monday, Rob Compton, and I asked him, hey, can we make a t-shirt cannon? So, yes, we can. (laughs) That's right. This thing is homemade, okay? Very good. (laughs) This is happening. Just relax, okay? (laughs) It's just church, all right? I want to tell you a little bit about my friend Rob because uh, Rob is young at heart, and when we get together, um, some stuff can happen. Some people get nervous, and I won't name any names, but we tell our wives all the time, hey, we're just having fun with physics because he's my physicist friend. I'm his theologian friend. So we get together, we talk about physics, Rob lets me uh, talk about gravity and black holes and lets me ask questions like, hey, is dark matter really the movement of the Holy Spirit? Which, by the way, was inspired by another friend I get in trouble with. And he's really patient with all my queries. And then he comes back and he asks me theological questions. That's right. He asks me theological questions like eschatology theodicy, those type of things. And believe me, I have to be really, really patient with Rob. (sighs) Oh, I'm not loaded? (sighs) See, I told you. But one of the things I always promised I would never tell anybody is what a bad theologian uh, Rob is. So, Uh, he's not the only one. Have you met you? All right, here we go. This is the Bible. Pick it up. Read it sometime. All right, here we go. All right. Man, this is... All right. So here it is. In the spirit of serve right where you are, I got it. He's telling me to release the valve. By the way, this is all Rob. I was the inspiration. He was the perspiration. I tightened what he told me to tighten, remeasured all our miscalculations. All right. All right. Who has faith? Right? Balcony. <laughs> That's right. All right. Build up. Yeah. Rob Compton, my very good friend. 
Believe me, nothing but love. So I think this morning... (laughs) We didn't rehearse this, can you believe it? I think this morning the question that I want to ask and I want us to ponder is have we lived our lives like one big gift back to God? One of the best ways I think that we can do that is serving others in his name. And the only people that I see doing this naturally with any degree of enthusiasm are our youth. There's joyful, there's a joyfulness to our youth. And that always spills out into love for others. That's why Jesus said, unless you come, become like the little children, you're not going to enter the kingdom. Kids are so intense. Our youth cry with agony. They laugh with joy. They love without boundaries. And as we introduce this serve right where you are, our youth are great examples of servants for the kingdom. They serve with all heart. In Matthew 18, verse 3, Jesus says this. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What did Jesus see in our youth? What can we learn about their servant attitudes this morning? I think the first thing is that youth have belief. They have belief. They believe in who they are. And I think belief leads to trust in others. And when you have trust in others, you're naturally going to want to serve. They know who they are. They do not doubt that they are beautiful children of God. And that is key to being a servant. That's the heart of a servant. My daughter, Georgia, I'm super proud of her. And she has belief. And she has trust. And she has trust in me. A couple weeks ago, spring, the weather finally broke. And we're doing all these chores. And we're starting to put the deck uh, furniture back on the deck from our shed. And I get the trailer, and I get the tractor, and I get it started up. And I asked Georgia if she would like to learn how to drive our tractor. Now, this is a clutch and gear and everything, okay? And she's in sixth grade. And Georgia, without hesitation, says, sure, right? And she gets on there, and the seat, we have to adjust the seat, and she's moving up. And at first, um, I have her hold on the clutch, and I put in the gear. And then I said, are you ready? Are you ready? She releases it. Stall out, okay? No problem. We stall out like maybe half a dozen times, but she's not discouraged. She still believes. She still has trust in me. She still is excited for this opportunity. Finally, uh, we get it, and Georgia is driving this tractor um, with the clutch. I'm not going to say without any problem, okay? Because there was a little hitch. The um, there was three times. So fortunately, on our tractor, we have a kill switch. So the uh, three times she almost uh, ran into our fire pit, almost ran into a tree, and almost ran um, into our shed. And I'm running, so I'm right beside her all the time, okay? So I'm not, I'm a, I'm a good dad. So I'm with her all the time, right? I'm running beside, and obviously we did this all when mom wasn't home, okay? So I'm running beside her a couple times. I'm like, kill switch, kill switch. She killed it, no problem. But by the end of the day, she was driving a tractor. She believed in herself. She believed in me, trusted me, and she was driving a tractor with a clutch all on her own. She did something really amazing. Yeah. 
Have I told you? I know I've told you before that Georgia's wicked smart, and I'm really proud of her. We can learn from our youth. They have no doubt in the real importance and what they're capable of. I think sometimes as we get older, we start to get overly concerned about our worth and our future, and we start to turn inward. If you're going to live life fully, if you're going to serve others, you have to feel good about yourself. You have to know who you are. Identity is key. You have to believe that you're a child of God. That's one of the reasons Jesus came. Jesus came into the world to do something that would enable you to feel differently about yourself. And I know that's harder than it sounds to some of you this morning. Because I know some of you have been beaten down. Some of you have started to believe the falsehoods that have been told about you by other people. And you're here this morning and you're saying, wait a minute, I can't serve. I can't go out and love other people because I don't feel loved. I'm not loved. There's so much that is wrong with me as I'm sitting here this morning. So if you don't remember anything else from the sermon, I want to give you this truth. Take this home. Yes, of course. There's a lot wrong with you this morning, okay? Walk out of here knowing that. But there's also a lot wrong with me here this morning. Maybe a little less than you, but there's stuff wrong with all of us here this morning. But that's what last week when, weekend was all about. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are washed clean in his blood. Jesus not only came to die for our sins, but he imputes us to his righteousness. That's who we are. You know, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Matthew 25. And as I go through this, and as I read the words of Jesus in other places, I know that when I get to heaven... I'm going to get there and Jesus is going to greet me and he's going to welcome me and he's going to take me to the throne of the Father and he's going to say, Father, I'd like to introduce you to George. He's my friend and he's blameless and he's beautiful. I know that's going to happen because the Bible tells us that Jesus has blotted out all my sins. They're buried in the deepest seas. They're remembered no more. Jesus will present you to his Father as, spot, as spotless without blemish. This new life comes with deliverance from all that is negative and dark. You can live passionately. You can live intentionally. You can live intensely with great excitement and that natural joy that Jesus wants to fill us with. And when you have that joy, you can't contain it. It doesn't stay inside. It spills out in love for others. I think belief and trust lead to hope. Our youth believe that they can do something incredible with themselves or no limits. They can be anything. And I say to us this morning, a little bit older, that Jesus that imparts that to our youth, that belief, is waiting to impart that to us today. Dream big. Dream bigger than yourself. Dream like a kid. Dream the impossible and know that it is possible if you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Why is that a... Today's our day. Today's our day. I think one of the things that happens when we get older is we start to get a little more cynical. And one of the things that happens when we get cynical is we do turn inward and we lose hope. We lose hope. We become focused on ourselves. We become focused on how to protect ourselves because we feel like a victim. Everybody's taking things from us. Hope is the enemy of dreams. Today's our day. 
Today matters. I want to pray right now. Father, God bless this community. Show us how to love. Let your power, the power of Christ crucified through his blood, let your power flow through Wyzetta. Jesus, your victory over the grave, we claim today. Let your glory flow. Let your name be known. Anoint us as we go out. We love you. It's your name. Amen. That's the gospel. That's it. That's the good news. That's what we're called to. How many of you thought the sermon was done because I prayed, right? You only pray at the beginning and at the end, but no. We can pray in the middle. It's not over. It's about to get a lot hotter in here because we're just now getting warmed up. Let's get into the gospel. Let's talk something about motivation. I want to call my friend Nettie up because the gospel makes us fully alive. The gospel makes us believe in ourselves, makes us naturally joyful, puts hope in the future. So be fully alive. Let Jesus have his way with you. Go love somebody. And we're going to grab a mic. And I'm going to ask Nettie, share your story because uh, God's love overflowed from you out of joy and something really incredible happened um, with your friend. So tell us how God worked in your life and then how Christ's love um, was expressed to your friend. Okay, so hi, I'm Nettie. And so back in seventh grade, I'm a junior now. So back in seventh grade at school, I met this girl named Zaylee. And we were in, like, the same classes, and we got really close, like, really fast. And one Sunday night, um, I invited her to come to youth group with me here at Wyzetta Free. And she came, and it was just a normal night, like, nothing, nothing new. We were outside playing games, came inside, Bruce was talking. <laughs> um, and after that, we, like, went... Like, we went home, and nothing was changed. Like, it was still, like, we were really good friends, and um, we went to high school, and we kind of drifted apart a little bit just because it was bigger. We didn't have as many classes together, and so still really good friends, just not as close. Mm-hmm. And now, fast forward to junior year, um, on Ash Wednesday this year, um, a different friend invited me to come to River Valley Church with her for, like, their youth group service or whatever, and um, it was a really big youth group, and I went, and it was, like, really good, and uh, at the end of, like, when the service, like, after the pastor was, like, done kind of talking with the message, he invited um, anybody that hadn't, like, invited Jesus into their heart yet to stand up. And so a few people stood up, and I, like, look over, and I, like, did a double take, you know, like, and you're like, what? Um, and my friend Zaylee um, stood up, and I didn't even know she was here. And um, so it was super cool just to see her stand up and um, see that, because I was like, wow, I've, like, known her for such a long time, and she was never really, like... She didn't grow up in, like, uh, like, considered, like, a religious family. So this was, like, a really big moment in her life. And after the service, I went up to her and I was like, Zaylee, like, oh, my heart. Like, hi. Like, this is crazy. This is so, like, cool and everything. And we were talking and she's like, Nettie, like, you don't understand. Like, you're the reason that I'm here. And I was like, what? 
And I, like, had totally forgot that, like, in seventh grade I brought her here. And since then, she told me that she had been, like, super curious about Jesus and wanted to learn more. And, like, eventually she came to Christ. So it was really cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Stay right here, okay? Don't go anywhere. Here, hold that. So you get the next shot, Nate. So her story speaks to motivation. Uh, it was years later, but you planted the seed. You were there. It was out of love. I'm not loaded, right, Rob? Load it up. Is there anything in there? Put that in there and then push it down. All right. Yeah, there we go. All right, here you go. This is you. All right. You just, okay, see the trigger? Just push that trigger. The red thing? Yep. (laughs) All right, thank you. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I have a struggle with um, motivation. But uh, I want to close out talking about motivation and how we serve and what our hearts are like uh, when we serve. Loving others and being loved and stepping outside myself, it really does change my motivation. And I want to tell you how it affects my heart. Serving is an outward action. But before all that, I have to pray. I have to pray, God, be with me. God, be with me. I have to pray from the Old Testament Emmanuel. Because when I don't, there's a disconnect that can happen. Can I go serve the poor, feed the needy? Can you go to your schools? Can you go to your work? Can you share with your neighbors, serve your neighbors, and do it all in your own power and your own strength? Of course you can. Yes, you can. I've done it. But what happens when I do that? I always start to turn inward. I start to feel tread upon. I become ungrateful. And what's worse, sometimes I ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit to serve how he wants me to serve and whom he wants me to serve. Jesus continually reminds me and says says to me, George, you do not get to pick whom you serve. I do. When God finally asked me to step out myself, outside myself, this is what I don't like. He always asked me to get really uncomfortable, get in over my head. Jesus and I wrestle with it sometimes. Sometimes I say no, but when I'm obedient, Jesus always shows up. He shows up and it's humbling and I'm grateful for it. But I wrestle, I wrestle all the way. But in the end, my heart changes to be more like his. My heart breaks in all the best ways. I get to see people through Jesus' eyes, through mercy and compassion, and I have to serve out of love. We have a God who wants us to be freed from the burdens that keep us from loving and living and serving intensely. He wants us to be filled with excitement and a childlike joy that allows us to serve. Joy is the key. Out of joy, the church multiplies out of joy we serve there's no other way do you have that in your life i'm here to tell you that's what we believe that's what christianity is all about that's what spirituality is all about 
It's about Jesus who can invade your life and create in you a natural excitement about living that you cannot contain and spills out into the lives of others. That's why you need to surrender to the Lord. It's the only way. Remember when you were younger, more bright-eyed, more vital, more full of hope? I think as we get older, we lose some of our trust, we start to lose some of our belief, and then we start to lose some of our hope. What happens? We're starting to die a little bit inside. No wonder Jesus came and said, be born again. No wonder Jesus came and said, come to me like a little child. Surrender to me. Allow me into your life. I am resurrected from the grave. I will take possession of you. I will change you and give you a sense of worth so that you can be freed from the burdens of cynicism. I will fill you with my delight so that you know joy like you've never known it before. You can love like I love because you are loved. That's why the gospel is called good news. That's why we don't keep it to ourselves. Let's go a little bit deeper into motivation because Paul talks about motivation. We see this in his first correspondence with the Corinthian believers. Uh, We're going to look at 12 through 14. Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts in these passages. And Paul's no one to downgrade the spiritual gifts. These are what... The spiritual gifts come from the Holy Spirit and is what makes the church, helps the church thrive and step outside of ourselves and love like we couldn't love on our own and serve like we couldn't serve on our own. Paul knows this. But at the end of chapter 12, he says, but I show you a more excellent way. And he's going to say it's the way of love. Love really matters. And if you miss all this through these passages, you can pick it up. In chapter 14, where he says, follow after love. Paul's point, he says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but minister in love. How we use our gifts, how we serve matters. I want to read 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I, If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. I think um, one of the difficulties we have... As we start to serve, and particularly if we are serving in our own um, power, I'll speak for myself. I want credit at the end, right? I want everybody to take notice. I want a pat on the back. Look, good job. What am I doing? Because I'm helping someone in need, right? I'm helping someone like the Good Samaritan get up out of the ditch. But here's the problem with that theology is that I'm down in the ditch too. One of the things that God shows me as I'm serving is that I need God just as much as the next person. That's the beauty of serving. And if my heart isn't right, if my heart isn't in it, if my heart isn't in submission to Jesus Christ, and if I'm not following him and serving whom he will, because he asked me to serve people that 
I would never want to serve because I want to serve people like me, right? It's easy to talk to people that think like I do, that look like I do. But Jesus pushes. And in this passage, was really telling. Because these are great gifts, right? These are great spiritual gifts. Look at that first one. Speak in the tongue of all tongues, all languages, and not only that, angels. What a great missionary this person would be. She could go to any airport, any country, and immediately start sharing the gospel, right? She would be a great missionary, or he would be a great missionary, because one of the challenges we have when we send our missionaries out is it takes years to learn the language. It takes years to learn the heart of the culture through the language. But Paul says, if you don't do that, you can be the most eloquent person ever. Speak in the tongue of angels. And it sounds like a resounding gong. Now, the Greek word for this is chalkos. And this was a gong that was used in the pagan worship ceremonies. And it would just, the gong would go and it get everybody into a frenzying uh, worship. And the symbols were used too. The difference between what happened in their worship and what happened this morning, you're covering your ears, you ready? Is that this on its own, what Paul is describing, if you are serving without love, there's no music in this. It's just a dull clang. Your service without love, if you go and serve in your own power, why is that if we go out and serve and say, hey, look how awesome we are? This is what it sounds like in heaven. We got another one of these, right? <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to make sure. All right, that was it. All right? So we're going to serve out of love so we don't get this, right? Then go a little further down in the passage. Because Paul starts talking about the gift of prophecy. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge and all the faith and can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Without love, nothing, right? Smartest person in the room. The best leader. This is the person that would speak at a mega church. This is the person that would be writing books. This is the person that we would be writing books about their leadership. They get everything. They get how a church moves. They have the faith to see the obstacles. They can do things preemptively. They are strategic. They know where to go. But how many times have we seen this in church leaders? They're serving without love. And this is what their service sounds like. Nothing. Love is important. And as we think about going out and serving our community in May and June, we have to be united in Christ's love. We have to go where he wants us to go. I'm going to call the worship team back up. If we serve out of love, we'll learn. Love is the great equalizer. We'll learn humility. We'll learn death to self. We won't have a service that's just self-advertising. We won't just be looking at ourselves. So let us seek the face of Jesus in everyone. That's what it means to be contemplative in the heart of the world. Jesus is our treasure. We want more of him. Enough though, enough of him that we can see past the disguise. See past the disguise of the thirsty or the hungry or the poor or the broken. We want to serve out of love. We want Jesus 
to show us our own poverty, our own brokenness, our own limitations, and then meet us there, feel us there. It's a privilege to serve the kingdom. It's a privilege to seek the face of Christ. Minister, go use all your gifts. Take the smallest gift and minister in love and know that it counts. It counts with people and it counts with Christ. Love is everything.